put the headphones in and crank it. You're listening to Trans Talk Raw. I'm the Harley riding biker chick, Nikki Marie Dawn, and I am with my co-host, the cat chasing feline tamer, Terry Allen. We're a couple of trans survivors, rocking the airwaves, bringing you our lived experiences, opinions, and a ton of info about being transgender. This is episode 38, and today we're following up with questions and comments about GRS. We will be going through more detail and start to answer some of the questions you have had in regards to the surgery and our experiences. This show is live streamed on Facebook for your viewing pleasure. Okay, let's get into the questions and comments on GRS. Does that mean do her? Or are you going to do me, huh? Yeah. I don't know. You can do her, do her, or do her, or do me, or do me or do her. I don't know. Uh, Whatever. So that's like the fucking. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's there's a little bit of semantics there. Do do you want to be the doer or do you want to do her? Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know. And then, like I said, um, I'm which the is sort of the same thing, kind of, but it could be the do him. So it could be the do him too, right? But yeah, like you I said, could do him, do her, or do he. Yeah. And like I said, over or the last... Or be the Dewey. I, the be last, the Dewey and do her. Oh, my Dewey. God. Would you just knock it off? <laughs> God. I'm going to change the subject to the fucky or the fucky. Yeah, fuckier. I saw that. Clicked on the recording light. Oh, I did not. Sneaky. It's all a, a figment of your imagination. I see it right up there. In the Ting. Room. Did you know that when we're talking... when those big red you're, lights and you're, You know, when, you're, when we're talking and you're drinking out of that thing, you can hear the mug in the background. Yeah, I know. I heard it on audio. <laughs> like, oh, I, I need a different. Um, you need something quieter. Don't, I don't think. hear that metallic. Yes, thing. I think so. Something along those agreed. lines. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, we agree to agree that you need to change it's, the cup. Um, it's out at the moment. So, are you the cuppy or the cupper? Cupper. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, we got to stop. Do you get this. cupped or do you cup? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I think we better get on with the show here before we drive everybody crazy about all of the stupid shit. The gropey or the groper? Okay, now that's enough. Okay, I am definitely the groper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I must say I haven't been groped. At least not for quite a while, anyway. Uh, well, yeah. Does marital groping count? Marital groping does count. It okay. doesn't matter. I have been groped then. Yes, been, then you have been groped. I've been groped maritally. <laughs> okay. Good. Matrimonial groping. God, if we could talk about this whole show about groping <laughs> gropers and buckies and fuckers and do the dewey and do her and all of that. So, But, you know, I must say as a woman, I haven't experienced somebody caressing my ass in the elevator or elsewhere or... Um, you know, copying the feel, or I, I haven't experienced any of that. Uh, right. It's probably a good I thing because you'd be probably do a roundhouse. I, I should say, but you know. No, but you would probably do a roundhouse on them or something, and they would. Uh, I probably would. I, I would definitely turn around and go, "What the fuck?" Yeah, exactly. All right, that's enough of this bullshit. I think we should move on and actually get on with our show tonight before everybody clicks away from us and goes, "What okay. the fuck are these two talking about?" Started it. They are lost. Well, you yeah. started the show. It's I started, always I'm always in the, the middle show. of something, and you click it on. I know. Oh well, it is what it is. 
Anyway, so tonight anyway. we decided, um, and we've gotten, a, we? I've actually gotten a few different emails and stuff like that um, in regards to GRS again, although we did do our two episodes, one on GRS and then we I don't want GRS again. Um, I don't Once want GRS was enough, either. thank you. Yeah, I think with all of the shit that you go through, through yeah, GRS. I don't want to do over. No, um, actually, I'm quite happy with what I have. So I'm going to keep it and be very happy with that. So, but I have gotten a couple of emails um, with individuals that I guess either haven't had the opportunity to listen to the show. But I thought, uh, we thought tonight we would do very specific just on the GRS side of it, not leading up, you know, kind of thing. And all of that. I think we should still handle some of the prep work. I think it's all about GRS. So um, we should do maybe start uh, with the fact of actually G- uh, GRS preparation and preparation. I think a lot of people, I've had a couple of people write me and say, well, I, I, you know, what, how did you prepare for your surgery? What did you do? And, you know, a lot of people I got in are, the car and I drove to the surgeon's office. Oh, you're just a full of it tonight, aren't you? Gosh, I, I'm going to apologize for Terry right now. Um, he is obviously in some la-la land today instead of just getting right to the point. I, and saying, I just thought I'd be a smart ass. Yeah, you are trying to be that for sure. But And you're doing a fine job at it. Too. I know, I'm really good at it. I have some talent, I've been told. So, you know. Uh-huh, Yes. Well, I'll, I'll admit, this is the first time uh, in all of our podcasts that we Smart have rambled on about nothing for no reason. Uh-huh. I said this is the first time in our podcast we've just actually rambled around for nothing for what we're on now, seven oh, minutes of we've it. We've done that before. We have rambled on. No, we've never gone seven minutes, so. Anyway. Oh, well. Okay. You first sure time you for wanna, everything. You, you sure you want to do this show? Yeah. Okay, no, I just just double checking because you know. Um, I got that. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so prep. prep. Really? Prep. Really? 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 Yeah. Really, okay. Really. Well, let's try to get something serious here with GRS for gosh sakes, because I think it's an important subject. It is a very serious subject. It is. It is a very GRS. serious subject, yes. and yes. it's something that we all, a lot of us. Hope to get in their lives, and some don't. Some do. Some um, don't. For those that and are do, quite adamant about it. Yeah, um, they may do it, may not do it because it's their choice that they don't wish want to do it, which is totally fine. Or there are probably many individuals out there that would love to do it, but just can't afford to do it, or don't have the means to be able to. Or have medical issues that prevent them from undergoing the procedure. Yep. For sure, which uh, which uh, individuals do get. Also, no some have phobias about surgery that yes, definitely prevent them from undergoing it. They can't mm-hmm. handle the fear of going under the knife. Yeah, um, it was interesting. Um, I have an individual that I know that just had her GRS. Um, I think it was maybe about ten days ago or twelve days ago now, almost two weeks, I think. Um, that where she had um, some some prost. Uh, pro- um, prostate surgery and stuff had a bunch of spit it scarring. out. Yeah, I there we go. I spit it out. Ding. Yeah, exactly. I just don't have the silver spittoon here for something to you know spit. Yeah, in. I know. Right. Or brass. It's gonna be a brass spittoon. Yeah. Um, but um, was able to get a good understanding of what happened, and with all of the prostate uh, uh, prostate surgery and stuff, um, with the urinary canal and all of that, there was excessive scarring that they actually had to have two urologist surgeons to come in 
Damn. Move a bunch of the scar tissue in order for them to be able to go ahead and perform the vaginals, uh, the vaginoplasty. How uh, old was she or is she? 68. Okay. You know, so you say prostate surgery, she wouldn't know youngin because that normally don't happen until at least 50s. Generally, yeah, it's later, like 60s. So. Yeah, so she was 68 yeah. when she had it. She was uh, really looking forward to getting it done and everything, and she was very concerned because she thought that she might not be able to have any type of a full canal or anything along those lines purely because of that. So that was something that I found interesting that I didn't really take into account about GRS surgeries and what the complications can be in some regards. So that Well, yeah, cost, but that, that also know. would be extremely uncommon, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, you know, it would be a known thing going into it. Well, yeah, and I mean, prostate surgery is tough to begin with. Oh, it is. Yeah. Um, and the interesting part was that they did have, they actually postponed their surgery for by another couple of weeks, purely because they wanted to make sure that they ca- could have a couple of urology surgeons mm-hmm. there in order to be able to perform the surgery or if there was any type of complications or anything. And she was told before she went into the surgery that there would be uh, potential that they would not be able to do a canal because of potential scarring issues. Was there a, too much damage? You know, what did they have to work with and that kind of thing? Um, but did she was she able scar to... scar badly? Yeah, now, she Some was people scar, scar really thick, big ropey scars, you know, lots of scar tissue. Mm-hmm. And then some people don't. Right. And that is a that is a huge thing to be concerned about, you know, especially cosmetically, it's the how you scar. Yeah. Um so but the good news was is that she was able to get the full vaginoplasty and uh and have that done. Um however, what I did what I was also found out in that too is that she has uh twenty six stitches that she needs removed inside. They don't just come out. Well, no, they're not dissolvable. Really? They are actually, you know, because of all... Sutures? Yes. Not staples? No, no staples, no nothing. They were full-on sutures. um, And then she was going in actually um, today to have those removed. Um, So they were... I didn't have to have any stitches removed. Well, no, and I didn't either, obviously, because everything was dissolvable. But again, it was because of all of the extensive scar tissue Mm -hmm. that was in Mm -hmm. there. Of course, mm-hmm. obviously, they probably had removed it, had to cut a bunch of st- extra stuff out, mm-hmm. and then go in and actually do the. And they wanted right. to sure, I guess, that everything was going to stay together. So I think that's why they did it. You want Which, everything to stay together, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no kidding. So, um, just an interesting bit of a case there that I've never heard of before, and probably no, I had, I had not, but it's not. Yeah, it's not surprising, really. Yeah. Um, especially in an older trans patient male to female that Mm -hmm. you know if you live long enough as a male you're going to have prostate cancer at some point just depends on what type yeah exactly as many men have prostate cancer as women have breast cancer yeah and that that's actually quite surprising that's like a huge percentage isn't Mm -hmm. it when you start to look at it that it's just kind of the norm sort of thing and people don't really realize that yeah. Well, most prostate cancer is not aggressive. Right. Most of the time it's not. It's quite slow growing. Mm-hmm. Generally, it's not an issue. Usually you find out if it is an issue is when you've got to get up five times during the night to pee. 
because mm-hmm. you can't void your bladder sufficiently. Right. So, you know, if it is aggressive, then usually it's found when it's already mesticized. And that's, that's, that's bad. That's, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's when it gets yeah, really bad. bad. So, um, so that was an interesting surgery that I had, I had recently just heard about. Um, so quite a bit different than what we normally will go through. Um, True. You know, uh, mm-hmm. normally our surgeries, uh, you know, we're not looking at having to uh, go back in and get stitches removed uh, and that kind of thing. Thank Everything. God for that. Yeah. No, I have heard of some having to have stitches removed that were supposedly dissolvable and did mm-hmm. not dissolve mm-hmm. and cause issues later on. And a lot of times, again, don't know that it's an issue until it causes you issues. And so that's that's more of a common occurrence than, than I thought it was. Yeah. Reading well, about GRS and stuff and some of the issues that come afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was kind of a surprise. Yeah. yeah, that's also inclusive into other surgeries as well. Even when I had my surgery, uh, when they did my scalp, for example, and came across the scalp and they were doing a forehead lift in that, um, I had four or five different uh, sutures that were in there that didn't dissolve. And it was actually like, they were, it was like very wet and messy and all of that kind of stuff. And I had to go in and get them cut out, you know, and then Ooh. once they were cut out, um, then it was fine, obviously. But yeah, but I can understand. I mean, with a full head of hair, kind of tough to see what's going on when you go in there and, and that. But uh, I know, yeah. full head of hair, gosh. That's I just horrible. had to say that. I know. Rub that in. Terrible, okay. isn't it? Well, you know, so, some of us have to suffer through it, um, you know, and it is. I know. It's such a sacrifice on your part. You poor I know it is. It's a total sacrifice. It is. Horrible. Gosh. Horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's like having, you, you don't want to have a full head of hair down there when you're having your GRS surgery. Ah, speaking of prepping, good Correct. segue there, Nikki. So yeah. what did you do to prep the downstairs area for the renovation? Well, basically, I came in um, and we did the demo. Okay, so we <laughs> came in and uh, we... <laughs> removed all of the hair demo you all will call it that why not you said i didn't I'm think of it as demolition i said renovation oh well yeah but you got to usually do demo before yeah you- renovation is kind of taking what yeah. you have and upgrading. yeah okay well right. anyway so Good, uh, definitely an upgrade for us yeah it is a total upgrade for us it's like it's aftermarket like, uh, install you know up. Yep, definitely. It's like uh, upgrading in a house. You start off in a small yeah. little place and you move you got, into it. You place. got the structure, the structure is sound, and you're going in and, yep. you know, opening up a room. Well, you want to make sure you get that big bonus room in there, right? You don't want to be folding around. It's, you know. And you, you want, want some good depth to this room. Oh, well, know. definitely, right? It's very very you know. spacious. Well, for sure, right? Because yes, you never know. Yes, you never know. And you don't want anything growing on the walls. No, and that's a big thing too. So when we talk about prep uh, for all of this, as you say, what did you do to prep downstairs? Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was I didn't. My question to you. Yeah, and I didn't prep at all. None. I didn't do any. All I did was uh, make sure that before I went in, I was totally shaved, um, and that made sure. Yeah, that I did that any too. Issue. Um, but no electrolysis or anything. It was obviously. the night before. Hmm. Yeah, but obviously that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I didn't have to go through that, thankfully. Um, you didn't have to shave yourself? Oh, I had to shave myself, but I didn't have to do electrolysis down there prior to the I time. did. Yeah, I know. I had, thank God I didn't have to do a lot. Mm-hmm. I had like 12 hours. 
downstairs. Yeah. And uh, you know how the center line of your face really hurts? Mm-hmm. Well, the center line of down there really hurts, too. That was, that was yeah. I, I can't even imagine because I didn't have it and I can't say that it I wasn't. It, it wasn't any worse than my face. Okay. It was comparable, but it wasn't right. any worse. Right. Because I absolutely hated getting my upper lip done. Well, yeah, who doesn't? That no. was just, especially that, the ones that, around the nose, the uh, very close to the nostrils, and they're, you know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, around the nostrils, corner of the lips. Mm-hmm. Those are those are tear bringers. Oh, yes. But, yeah, I mean, my electrologist said that I actually was less hairy down there than most women, which was surprising. Yeah, well, that's Didn't a bonus. Expect that, which was nice. That was yeah, I was going to say, that's a big that bonus. I did not have near... My microphone does not want to stay in place. Um, the amount of hair that I thought I might have to mm-hmm. to remove, so that was that was yay. I did not want any hair going in. My surgeon did not require it, but she highly suggested it. Right. And so yeah, I was okay. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Well, was, and I haven't uh, had no issues. I've had no no regrowth or anything down there. No. No hair in the vagina. <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't. Happy yeah, that. I haven't heard too many individuals that have actually. Uh, well, at least maybe they just haven't stated it publicly, or they haven't talked to it about it or anything. But I haven't uh, heard really anybody that ever had anything along those lines. I was told that if I've it, heard of some that yeah. have get a few hairs or or whatnot, and it not a few hairs is probably not going to be a big deal or or anything. But if you had significant. That would be an issue, really would, yeah. Yeah, I could see that, yeah. Well, even like, I mean, I had my uh, last gynecology appointment, that was about three months ago or something like that, and she, when she was in there and she took a look, she says, you got nothing, like absolutely nothing, which was a bonus because obviously I was hoping that I wouldn't have any issues with that. Oh, and, yes, absolutely. You know, and with Dr. Broussard, um, that was one of the things that, you know, he said, you know, he says that, you know, if you want to move forward and go ahead with that, that's fine. But he cauterizes everything and makes sure that everything's scraped out and cleaned out really well, which in my case, yeah, I guess everything was really good. I haven't had any kind of hair growth at all in regards to that. So I was really happy about that. But I think the majority of surgeons actually ask you to get electrolysis, you know, much more of a higher percentage to than not to. I don't know. Some, some do. Some require it. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think McGinn mandatory. required it, if I remember correctly. I don't remember about Lee's, but most majority of the ones I looked at, either just on a website or whatever, or talked to, either suggested it or required it. Mm-hmm. And even then, they do the scraping as well. I mean, it's kind of like a twofold. But yeah, my surgeon was like, "Yeah, it's it's better that you do. You don't have to, mm-hmm. but I highly recommend that you like." Okay. No, if they highly recommend it, most people I think are going to move forward and get and it. And you got to stop like two months prior to your surgery. Well, yeah, because it, yeah, I can see why too. Because I mean, that starts to cause damage to the skin. It, you know, yeah, you got it needs to heal and and all that. So you've got a you know a window, and um, you know just like doing your face or other parts of your body with electrolysis for hair removal, if you're anticipating getting GRS done. And want it? Yeah, go ahead and get it done early. You might as well. 
might as well have that done, ready to go. Mm -hmm. And that way, you know, your hair on your face cycles. Well, it does down there, too. So Yes, it does. No question about that. Mm -hmm. Um, So other things for prep work. Um, We talked about it in the first show that we did on GRS and that. um, But actually going with low-salt diet a couple of weeks in advance, two to three weeks in advance, um, and lots of exercise. Cleanse the system. Really helps in. Wish, wish I had done that. Did not. Wasn't really. Wasn't aware of it. Nobody talked about it. You're the first trans person I know of to talk about low salt diet prior to surgery. Mm-hmm. And you yeah, would and think I, that would be a thing. And I wish I had done that. I think I would have had a little less issue from some swell. I mean, my swelling wasn't bad, but I would have loved not to have had even what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had it just primarily on one side, weirdly enough. Right. So, but that's what my surgeon says. Like usually, it's one side or the other. You don't. It's not usually both, but it's on one side. Yeah, it just seems to do that, right? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, any kind of processed food, salts, uh, all of that. Um, I mean, basically, it was it sucked because there was two weeks of two to Land three weeks hell. of land <laughs> as hell. Yeah, it was like, what are you having for dinner tonight? Uh, chicken breast. Oh yeah, what kind of? What are you doing to it? Uh, no, just a chicken breast. That's it. Cooking it. Yeah, that's it. You know, um, so it was uh, very, very bland. But um, again, I was really happy. And that's on even on the back side of surgery, too. I made sure that I didn't do any salts or any kind of thing like that on the other side of that, um, which paid off a lot. Um, I know we both worked out. Um, exercise is really good. Walk, you know, walk, 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 yeah. walk is what you I want do. To make sure lots, that you, lots and lots and lots of walking. Yeah, you know. for sure. Um, one of the things that I found beneficial, which I haven't had the opportunity to really talk to anybody else uh, in regards to this, is the fact of any other potential surgeries that you might be getting. I decided to do all of mine prior to the time of GRS, um, purely from a healing perspective and that, uh, you know. Uh, you were a glutton for punishment. I was a glutton for punishment. I'm a master. What was this little window that you had all three surgeries in? Well, it was. Uh, and well, that would I had... be face, boobs, and the bottom. Yeah, it was from October 26th to January or to February 26th, roughly. Four that, months. Yeah, it was four months to have three majors. Um, bada bing, bada boom, madam. You really hit your body hard with the trauma. Oh, yeah, that was something that um, I think. Um, and know, I lesser, did. I don't. A lesser being would have had I, a hell of a lot more issues. I don't, well, maybe, um, you know, but I wonder sometimes too, um, even though I had all of those surgeries and everything, and then this is another thing, obviously, that occurs that we'll get into later is uh, just the depression and stuff like that, because obviously the body goes into so much shock and trauma. Um, and Did you, you know, have any, though, from the facial and the boob job? Well, it happened. So, well, I, I know it didn't really happen with the boob job. Okay. Um, the facial surgery and the, the thing was I had my facial surgery on January 10th and then I had my uh, GRS on the 26th. So I, even if I would have gone into depression, I don't even know. It, I think it might have. Hell, you didn't even have time to go into depression after your Exactly. Like, <laughs> I mean, face it, was stuff. Just, it was just, wham, <laughs> it was, well, it was. It was just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. That's it was. what it was. I mean, I was worried about you at the time. It's you like, know? good God, Nikki, shit. Yeah, so I think probably, like, I would not recommend other individuals doing that. No, I would not. I mean, for the young probably okay you know mm. good shape you're in good shape mm. you know uh that goes a long way but your body was still 60 years old hey wait a minute telling everybody how old yeah. i am not that they don't know already right 
but yeah, I'm 57. So full full disclosure, it wasn't exactly yeah, yeah. like where neither one of us are spring chickens coming out of our teen years. You know, it's a little a little different. I don't care how good a shape you are in, you heal at a slower rate. Oh, for sure. When you're older, I don't care. Every individual heals faster at 20 than they do mm-hmm. at 60. I don't, it doesn't matter. It's just the fact. Oh, it that doesn't. The, yeah. The mechanism of the body. Um, yeah, being in shape and all that certainly helps a lot. Genetics, roll of the dice, whatever you get, that's what you got. Yep. And then your health and eating and all that affects everything. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, what we eat is who we are. Yeah, it's one thing that I've always uh, found interesting. Uh, you know, this is like major surgery. Uh, you can't say that it's minor surgery. And I know some people say, oh, but you know, it's not it cosmetic. Didn't, it didn't feel that way. No, it didn't feel that way. And it certainly isn't that Weirdly way. Weirdly enough. I knew, you know, yes, you're right. It is major surgery. They go in and, well, they cut you a new one for sure. Yeah. And, um, of course, I advise anybody who's contemplating GRS or whatever acronym you would like to apply, what used to be called a sex change, to watch the videos on YouTube <laughs> so that you are aware, even if it's kind of like an out-of-body experience to watch it, and, you know, that's kind of how it was for me. It's like, okay, I know they're going to do that to me, but I'm really not going to dwell on what they're going to do to me. But at least you know what they're going to do to you. And you've seen it, and mm-hmm. you have it in your mind, and you can ra- hopefully wrap your mind around it that, yeah, that's is what they're going to do to you. And it is freaking amazing to watch and know that's what you want them to do. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I know. Um, obviously, I've had a bird's eye view of this. Um, I didn't yeah. watch it on video. I got the opportunity to see it done right in person. Um, yeah, no, no, uh, no, I'm sorry. No. Self-respecting heterosexual red-blooded man. <laughs> I, you know, they'd run around, they'd run away screaming at the top of their lungs. If you even brought a scalpel near their Johnson. Oh, you yes, know, and, definitely. and us, oh, we go and interview several surgeons. <laughs> to do yeah. 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 We want to make sure that we get the very best person. We're the best we can, yeah. anyway. You, you know, know uh, who who the best is, that's subjective. I think so. You know? Um, I don't... Any given surgeon has, or will have, somebody that doesn't get good results. Mm-hmm. Or something happens or goes wrong, or any number of, well, of things, you know? Yeah. That is always a risk. Anytime you go under the knife, there's always a risk. There is no 100% guarantee of everything coming out exactly how it's supposed to or that you even come out alive. Yeah, and that that's, a, always, that's a scary one to think of. It is a scary one. That's you sign that little yep. document <laughs> the day before surgery of all the risks and stuff that can go wrong and it's like two pages long fine print single spaced on both sides eight and a half lab of paper and it is kind of a holy shit holy shit oh my god oh 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 yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and well, signed away okay thanks well you know and I wonder I wonder you know when you talk about that how many individuals actually sit there and freeze up a little bit when they're starting to read that 
Um, you know, my surgeon said uh, she's only had one patient stop. Like literally get, get that far. And this was like right before going into the operating room. Wow. One patient. Cause uh, I'd asked her if she had had one, you know, the urban myth of yes. waking up from surgery and screaming, where's my dick? You know, I asked her that point blank. <laughs> yeah, I had one do that. She said no, but I did have one that, you know, stopped it right before the operating room. Yeah. Had done everything. Checked mm-hmm. in, gone through stuff, you know, it was in pre op. Pre op, the whole thing. All that. Yeah. And then and when, yeah. Nope, not doing this. Yeah, that, that was, that was mind boggling to get that far. Yeah. That's actually really surprising that they did get that far and then pulled the plug just at that point. Uh, well, I don't think any, I don't think there's any one of us that doesn't have some of that run through their head at that point in time of the, Am I doing the right thing? Is this this really? Oh, you know. Mm. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> it didn't. It lasted maybe five, ten seconds, but uh, it does. And it's like, you know, uh-uh, I'm, I, uh, I'm having it. Of course, I had the added bonus of having uh issue with my EKG that was taken, you know, because you got to have meds, you got to be checked out, you got to have like a physical done before um, you have this surgery. And you got to be checked out and shown that you can, you know, handle it and you're not going to die on the table. Well, and that's and one of the, I had an EKG issue and this was like, you know, Four days before I was supposed to have surgery. You talk about that's when do you know if you really want it or not? When it's about to be yanked out from under your feet as to whether you can have it. I was upset, pissed off, and I was not a happy camper. So yeah, that that little fleeting thing on the pre-op room, yeah, that didn't last very long, five, ten seconds. Yeah, no, I want this. I know I want it because I almost lost it. So yeah, it was it was really no doubt in my mind. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting that we talk about this and you know how many individuals actually get to that point and then they start to say, oh, okay, well maybe this isn't for me or whatever. Um, and you mentioned you said we all kind of have that thought process as, am I doing the right thing? Um, and that, I don't know. When I got there, it was like, just get this freaking shit done. Uh, I wasn't, <laughs> and even when I saw the waiver, I was like, you know, I'm like, yeah, uh-huh, 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 sign, here you go. Right, and it wasn't, you know, and, you know, cause they, I think every surgeon does that too. They say, now, are you sure? You know, and I'll, you know, I maybe ask. Yeah, and you're almost like, don't through. ask me that question. Yeah, it's like, you're freaking kidding, right? I've driven 2,000 miles to get here. I've yeah. given you a $10,000 deposit. I've done all this shit. This is not the time to ask me, do you really want to do this? Do you want to do this? Yeah. Are you? Uh, sure? No, I just waltzed in here for the hell of it. Yeah, well, obviously that one. I've been thinking about this for 40 effing years. Really? Do I want to do this? Hmm. Let me think a second. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's it's funny. So you get into the surgery 
um, you know, we've talked about this, like with the preparation of that, you want to make sure that you're doing a bunch of walking. Um, I suggest about six months prior to you were doing it for probably at least six months, right, Terry, that you were you were doing some pretty. No, I've been doing it for for a year. Oh, a year and a half. Uh, yeah. I've been walking a lot. Yeah. And yeah. increased it, I guess, in the six months leading up to the surgery you know, yeah. and lost weight. Some surgeons require you to be below a certain BMI, and usually it's 27. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, we're not known as a group to be the most fit people. Skinny. I was going to say skinny. Hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> so, you know, that is that. It, and, you know, some surgeons would like, you're not. No, no, no. Uh, on the day of surgery, if you don't meet it, you don't get it. Yeah. That's a little infuriating. It's like, really? How many other how many other people are denied surgery because of their BMI? That that was news to me, really. It's like, you know, my surgeon did not require a certain BMI. She suggested it. Right. Yeah. Um, and I I did hit it. I was just a bit below that, so uh that was that was good. That was a plus. Yeah. You know. And that's that's the one thing that I really have found out of all of the people that I've talked to or surgeons that I've talked to or anything else, you know, they they suggest that you maybe kind of lose a little bit of weight or something like that. But I've also talked to doctors too and I said, Well, okay, I don't get this. Why aren't you telling individuals that they should be exercising, working out, getting into great shape, you know, all of this kind of stuff in order to be able to go into a surgery? And matter of fact, it just doesn't even matter about GRS. What about every kind of surgery? I agree. That's what I would meant know? by what other surgeries will require you to you hit know? a certain BMI. Really? So if you need you know, open heart surgery, they're going to require you. Well, the thing is with open heart surgery, usually you're having a heart attack. And I know, but not always. Bang, you know, on you your know, other table. You are, it's in a month or, you know, a week or it's serious kind of thing. But it's not a, you know. Well, you oh, know. I'm sorry. Yeah, you might drop dead before you get there. But we require BMI of 25 to have open heart surgery. <laughs> well, that one's a tough one. Oh, shit, you know. Yeah, but that's a tough one because most people that are going to go in for heart surgery or anything like that probably can't do any kind of exercise or anything. Drop <laughs> dead of a heart attack, right? Well, there's that. There yeah. is that, right? Yeah. But yeah, right. you're right. Yeah. Um, but it's like, why don't they check your lung function? What kind of lung function yeah. do you have? To go you know, but surgery, I think what you know? what I'm saying is is that I think doctors should tell people prior to surgeries on a, you know that you should start exercising, you should start eating healthy as best you can. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Before you come in for surgery, because obviously, of course, one should be doing that anyway. Anyway, yeah, that's really. true. But you know, we're all a bunch of lazy fucks, and we don't. Well, that's typical, though. That's the whole human race is a bunch of lazy fucks on most counts. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying. So we and like I, the fruit that falls from the tree. Who wants to climb up the damn thing and get it? I mean, come yeah, on. exactly, exactly. But you know, so the, you know, suggestions there are definitely be the smart monkey and be on the ground and watch this stupid ass get up there in the tree and shake all the fruit down for you. <laughs> well, yeah, you could do that too. I, I would hire some Latino hot looking guy to go up on the tree and. Well, you know, yeah, there's that too. Yeah, that's the only way I would do that. Yeah. And then I would hope other Latinos would fall out of the tree. <laughs> I got you. And of course, yeah, segue on mm. the nightly, the night preparation prior to. 
Well, that is uh, that is definitely I can still remember. Um, now, I guess you know uh, there's numerous ways. Uh, some people have to do the nice uh, white chalky stuff that they have to drink down to clear things. Yeah, up. that was me. I didn't have to do an enema though. Oh, I had to do a double enema. Really? Oh yeah, my ass hasn't burned so bad, and I just I can't even remember. It's like you know what, you know, drinking all the stuff. It's kind of like an enema from the, the top inside. down mm-hmm. instead of going up and flushing stuff out because my god yeah i was you know by the time i was done it looked like tap water coming out the mm-hmm. end <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah a gallon i think i had to drink a gallon well that was the nice thing about brassard um you know when you check into the hotel they had everything already set up they had they you know there was all of your uh anima stuff ready to go they had all of the instruction sheets all of that kind of thing so the hotel was uh um, set up completely mostly the whole well actually i found out later that the whole top one floor was all grs cases trans central it was basically uh, the, the rest of the hotel was for other guests but the one floor was specific to um, and that whole floor was prepped with it, too. So, you know, they had the enema bottles in there. They had everything else in there, all of that. Um, and it was all set up and ready to go as soon as you came into the room. Um, I can still remember walking in and it was like, oh, wow. You know, uh, I wasn't sure quite what to expect, but um, it was all, all ready to go. Um, I can remember I think it was like seven o'clock at night when I had to start my enema. And then it was like, OK, now you got to do this one. And then yeah, you I think I had to start one. at six, six o'clock. Yeah. Drinking the stuff and not supposed to have eaten like two hours prior. Right. Yeah. So. That was about the same. Um, no eating or any of that sort of stuff. Um, so it was. So yeah, it was like 24 hours before yeah, basically. I ate again. Yeah. And that was actually the day of surgery that afternoon. Mm-hmm. I had a normal meal. I was amazed. Yeah. And then, so didn't eat anything right through the evening, obviously, uh, or right into the day of surgery. Uh, my surgery, I was, I think I was the last one out. No, they had one more afternoon. Yeah, I, had, I had normal breakfast that morning. A light lunch. And I might have had a little snack mid-afternoon or something, but not, nothing substantial. Yeah. And then that was it until the following day in the evening yeah after yeah, surgery yeah and then so uh you know go through all of that wonderful clean out process and everything and uh you know it was and still remembered you know you're in there uh you were supposed to we were supposed to check in two days in advance they wanted to make sure just in case there was any type of cancellation of air flights or anything else because obviously i had to fly down to montreal from calgary um that was like a four-hour flight so, you know, you had to be there two days in advance. Um, and then going in for the surgery, I still can remember. Very d- interesting, because obviously with Dr. Broussard now, it's a little bit different than other ones. But obviously, he has all his own facility, all of the, his own care facility and everything else. And high security, like you came up to the reception, you know, you came up to the front door, basically, they, they would drop you off, you come up to the front door, security guards right there. It's like, okay, who are you? You know, I would say that I'm here for my surgery. Who are you? Check it off. Okay, you're allowed to come into the building. Now, you know, there was probably some very good reasons for that. And I can almost start to think of a few of them, you know, that uh, where there could be a potential issue or something along those lines. Um, let's see, family members pissed off that don't want you to have it done. Yeah, there's... Um, hate groups that want to shut them down, cause harm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, any number of situations that may have occurred in the past. That may arise. So that's the security. Yep. Uh, and then going in for surgery, um, obviously, you know, get checked in. Um, you know, I think I had checked in about maybe an hour and a half before my surgery. I don't think it was much earlier than that. It was about an hour and a half before my surgery. Yeah, my surgery was at 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning. I think it was at 8. And I had to be there at 5, 5.30 mm-hmm. in the morning to go through all the, you know, check in, do the paperwork, go to pre-op, prep for that, you know, get all the IVs in and dress appropriately and all that. and yeah, and talk to the anesthesiologist and mm-hmm. your doctor, and she came in and signed me. <laughs> it's like to ensure that you were the right patient. Yes. It's like actually sign your name to you or something. It was, it was interesting, yeah. It is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can remember that just going in. Um, they did constantly the, checking the wrist thing that you are, who you say who you, you are, say and that, who you yeah, are. Right? Okay, you are so and so, and you are so and so. And I don't know how many times every person that came in there to do something to me that was that was Would very very. The protocol was very very precise. I was I was impressed actually. Actually, I think everybody's protocol is very precise. They want to make sure that everything is going to go straight and smooth and they've got the right individual that's Yeah, in you want to make sure you got the right individual <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Oh, gee, you were the visitor. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, that would, that would be... Yeah, I can't imagine waking up and that was not the procedure you were supposed to have. But, you know, you think that would be a little obvious if it was Joe Smo and they accidentally got him in there and you're looking at his body? Uh, they, so there's something not right here. Yeah, well, they probably wouldn't move for, forward with the surgery. No, I would, I would, I would suspect not, you know. Uh, but you know, I don't. I don't know of an incident like that that has occurred. I don't know of one. I have never heard of one like that. That would mm-hmm. that would be very interesting if that was even occurred or happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's that would be very bizarre to be honest. Well, bizarre as hell. Yes, it would. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, talking about a major lawsuit. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I can still remember to my anesthesiologist coming in. Um, obviously. Um, I had a spinal, I had a spinal tap that came in. They did a, a full spinal for, um, the, on anesth- the GRS. Yeah. For anesthesia. That's what they did. They went in. You didn't that. go full under. Oh, I went full under, but it, no, it, they just administered it and, uh, through a liquid through the spine is what hmm. they did instead of going like say for gas or that sort of well, thing. I mean, that's generally a lumbar. That's generally, you're not out. That's just, uh, almost yeah. a local. Well, it wasn't a local in that. I mean, and it's down from that point you mm. know, that you're out. But yeah, well, I was definitely out. Yeah, I, I, I would any. not want to be awake. Oh. I just would not have wanted to be awake for that. <laughs> okay, so I, now that you've mentioned that, I'm going to go a little bit off track real quick on GRS just because you had mentioned that. So obviously I had a uh, lower blethioplasty which is basically the removal of the bags under the eyes. Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he had 
the, my scar line is just below my uh, lower eyelid, okay, or my um, eyelashes, all right? I can remember waking up while he was scraping the fat out in mm. my eyes. And I was just like, and I can remember doing this. And I can remember him saying, we're almost done. We're almost done. And he was going on like this. Um, that was probably, even out of GRS or anything, that one was probably the mo- thing that freaked me out the most was that. Because here I am on the table. I'm getting the surgery done. And I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm awake while he's doing this. That freaked me out. <laughs> that no, was I, really- I came to when I had my wisdom teeth taken out. I can remember him pulling me up off the chair trying to get the tooth out and hitting back. It was just like, you know, a second, maybe a second right. and a half. But I remember waking up and having the sensation of going up in the air <laughs> and being like pulled and then boom, and I fell. Right. It was just like, I don't know, pain or anything, but I distinctly remember that. That was yeah. weird, 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 weird. Well, I, I actually, when he was doing that to me, I did feel pain. Like it was like, yeah, I knew something was up. And of course, it's right in my eye and I'm like freaking. Um, and I can remember. Oh, God, the, yeah. I can remember the surgical niche. She was holding my arm so I wouldn't lift my arm up to hit my eye or to try to hit the, mm-hmm. the scalp or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I, I remember that. Um, and then it only lasted for maybe about, it felt for like an eternity, but it wasn't. It was probably only a couple of seconds or three or four seconds because I know they would have hit me again, right? Just to give me that extra little shot to put <laughs> me in. out, damn it! Exactly, you know. Hit me Where's over. that mallet? Yeah, I was just going to say hit me <laughs> over the head just to knock me out a little bit more. Um, but yeah. Like so, the old Three Stooges. <laughs> yeah, but any, everything that I got done was just uh, totally through the spine. Um, I had even told them because I have a really, really bad time with uh, general anesthetic and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, well, I explained that story when, you know, I had my rhinoplasty. And, yes, in detail. Well, let's yeah, so that. we won't go back down that, that path. If you want to listen to it, go and listen yeah. to the facial surgery. It's recorded part. if you want the gory details. Yeah, I didn't want to, you know, so that's the way that is. So some of the, I got like probably um, two girls that, uh, obviously, the one that was 68 years old when she was uh, finished her surgery, she said that she really wished and wishes that somebody would do um, a lot of good information about what to, the expectations were coming out of surgery, what to expect, what can you do, um, do you know, in regards coming to... Coming out of surgery? Well, you could say you come out of surgery, obviously, uh, you're still in the hospital um, or in the care facility that you're in. What was your first sensation waking up from surgery? My first sensation was, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm fucking hungry. Really? <laughs> hungry? That was my first sensation. I, I was know, hungry. That was not mine. My, my first sensations were the inflatable booties around my ankles and feet. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I was thinking just what the hell is that? And where am I? That was my first thought. Oh, it's like, really? Where was I? Yeah, and okay. what were on my feet? Well, and, and it's like my brain was in the slow is motion of 
thinking. And then I remembered my mouth was so dry that I couldn't talk. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have enough spit to form words. And uh, I remember the nurse coming and looking at me and asking me something. I don't remember what the hell she asked. I just like it was like, and it didn't take. I mean, it was just like a, no more than a minute. And I remembered where I was and, you know, what I had done and all that. But, and it was, it was, it was, um, I knew it was gone. That was, that was without, I had no pain, really no sensation down there Mm. whatsoever. I expected to wake up in pain. That's really, I did expect to wake up in pain, some kind of pain some ache something and I really didn't feel anything except down on my feet with the with the booties going slippery's going on yeah and then that compression feeling down there but between my legs nothing I knew it was gone my brain knew it was gone mm-hmm. and it had been you know renovated so to speak my brain knew that even though I didn't really have sensation per se and then I wanted something to drink that's what I wanted I wanted something to drink yeah thirsty yeah mm-hmm. I was thirsty yeah well I love the compression booties I was wanting to take a pair home with me <laughs> like oh man this is the best thing ever I can have this going on as a massage all the time oh I was like yeah. oh yeah it did it did feel good actually it did it, it felt really good it was it was um actually kind of helped you sleep weirdly enough yeah i don't know if it was kind of the white noise of it or or what but yeah yeah well i was disappointed when they took them off actually so you know i kind of wish that they would have still been there um but i I do remember um now i think the weird part was i did have um i had kind of a weird dream too that the night after my surgery um so i got up i was walking around all that kind of stuff obviously you get a cast it's like a cast. It's a form um, that goes down there that kind of shapes everything. Um, you know, I just with, had packing. I didn't have a form well, per se. Yeah, well, yeah, I had like it felt like a freaking baseball between my legs. <laughs> okay, um, it's really what it felt like, um, and it was because obviously it was a cast. That's what Broussard does. And yeah, then it, you have no dignity afterwards because uh, nurses coming in, shoop, and. Yeah, redoing dressing, putting uh, ointment and solve down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was uh, that was an interesting experience. <laughs> you know, didn't really filling, filling, moving their fingers along your sutures. And yeah. yeah, yeah, that was. It was uh, for me. It was uh, I. I don't know. It was just. I don't know. I didn't really have any issues with anybody being down there or anything. You know, nurses, okay, fine. Do what you got to do. It's no big deal. Got misgendered by a nurse. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I was, I was misgendered. She only did it once. Okay. And she apologized because, you know, I couldn't change my change. I was legally male on my all my paperwork. So, but it's like, what did I just have? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I was, I was, I corrected her. I was quite pointed about it. 
It's like, it's ma'am. She and her, please. Yes. Uh, and she, you know, did apologize. And, and I, I didn't get misgendered again. But that was, that was a little irritating <laughs> to have the surgery and get misgendered afterwards. Yeah, that yeah that's, yeah. Well, the, it, you know, funny, it never happened to me with my GRS, but it did happen to me with my facial surgery. Um, post-op nurse. Um, I was all done my facial surgery and everything. And then um, it was, I think I'd gone home and I was coming back and they were starting to remove some stitches. It says, you sure look like a cute little boy. A cute little boy. Yeah. And I was like, you're kidding, right? Um, And like some people, I just don't think they clue in at all or or whatever. Right. But uh, that was, that was something that really bothered me. <clears throat> into my facial surgery anyway that what didn't happen with me in my GRS but boy I'll tell you once uh once I was out of surgery um you know and you're you do that big they want you walking right away they want you to get up they want you to start moving around they want to make sure that obviously you know um no embolisms on you that sort of stuff so the more that you can be walking around the blood flow everything else it's going to be a lot better for you that's that's pretty obvious and then obviously throughout the CMC is what they called it where I stayed um you know, being with all of the girls and everything else, that was like pretty spooky, really, because everybody else was in total pain except me. They're cracking down and doing, you know, um, Oxycontin and that sort of thing because they're in so much pain. Um, I wasn't at all. Not even a bit. I didn't get I didn't get to see anybody, other patients or anything. Yeah. So we actually were in a whole, <clears throat> like I said, in the the trans girl CMC, like there was like 12 or 14 of us that were in there all at one time and we'd all eat together and, you know, everything was going on all the time. It was specific to that. That's what all, the only thing that Broussard does. Uh, Benemison, I think is, just, uh, is the name that uh, does all of the facial surgeries um, and they are there. But out, yeah, outside of that, um, you know, it's all just trans women that are there. Coming home, though, was interesting, and I got home and all of that. But some of the recovery afterwards, getting home, to be was irritating. Oh, well, just, just, I mean, I was in the hospital two and a half days. Yeah. They get you up and walking very, very quickly. Getting out of bed the first time after surgery, oh, you'll have some pain then. Mm-hmm. Not, it wasn't severe, but yeah, it was, it was, oh, shit. How the hell do I do this? <laughs> you know, it's a little daunting. And you feel, uh, you know, when you pull on those sutures, that that's, yeah. And that's where my pain would come in is um, a little too much tension on the sutures. Mm-hmm. But walking was not, was not bad at all, really. Not like I thought it would be. And then... I had my first bowel movement the day after surgery, mm-hmm. like that freaking morning, less than 24 hours. And I didn't have time for the nurses to get there. So I had to get up out of bed by myself, mm-hmm. get to the bathroom <clears throat> and do my business 24 hours after surgery. Yes. That was that was a scary moment. It really was. Because it was like, holy shit. Literally. Yeah, really. <laughs> literally. Know? And thank God it was, you know, it was okay. And 
I was okay and no blood or anything and mm-hmm. um, was able to get back and get back in the bed and, and I was okay. But that was, you know, way quicker than they thought or expected I'd have a bone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and way quicker than I thought I would have a bone, you know, especially after going through. But, you know, the lunch, the, the supper I had the night before was the full meal. And uh, woke my bowels up good, you know. Yes. Yeah. You know, I remember the nurse coming in and like checking sounds on my bowel. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're waking up in there. <laughs> I had primarily a black nurse and she's like, oh, yeah, you gurgly. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was, That's it was funny. Kind of funny. So that was, yeah, doing your business afterwards. And then, of course, having the catheter in you. Mm hmm. It sucks. Yeah, oh definitely. my God, catheter, which you had yours out fairly quickly, did you not? Uh, I had my catheter pulled four days after. Mine was ten. Yeah, I think I was four to five, four or five days after. I think is what it was, because I had my surgery on the twenty sixth. Um, by the fourth. I think it was the third um, that they pulled the catheter, the third or the fourth of March that they had pulled it. So you it. had it on the 26th and they pulled it on the third or fourth? Yeah, so yeah, I think it was the third or the so fourth. So that was almost a week, or a little over a week, seven or eight days. Yeah, so it would be seven or eight days then. Um, and about, I think it was seven because it was three days before I, ha- I was going to get on a flight to come home. So, and I, yeah. I remember as soon as the catheter was out, and everything was done. I was like, um, yep, I'm in the bathroom and I'm putting my makeup on and everything and getting ready to go. And I go out there and they're like, and I call a cab and they're like, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> they said, what? And I said, yeah. And they said, well, yeah, you are walking around lots and you're not like anybody else that's in here that's in pain and everything they said just take it easy and take care and yeah sure enough the cab came jumped in the cab went to the Laval mall and went around and now I'm going to be honest I wasn't walking very quickly and uh, <laughs> no. I, I was having to um, you know walk for five to ten minutes max maybe to less sit. than ten and then I had to sit down and I had to relax a bit because it was pretty tired um, and I probably did bite off more than I could chew. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, um, you have to remember that your body goes through a, quite a bit of trauma oh. to have the surgery. I mean, yeah. it is some trauma to you. However you want to look at it, for your body, it is, it is trauma to be cut open, sliced and diced, and reconfigured and put back together. Oh, Yeah, it's a little bit of trauma. And you're healing, and most of your energy of your body is going to heal this trauma in your mm-hmm. body. And oh my God, yeah, you feel it. Fatigue, exhaustion. Um, yeah, it is It is there, especially, you know, maybe not in the first few days after surgery, but later, you know, mm-hmm. especially once you're discharged from the hospital, which you were sort of more or less at the hospital the whole time your mm-hmm. convalescence place yeah. was was you know set up at the hospital whereas i was trans discharged to a local hotel that i had checked into prior prior to my surgery and then i was there at the hotel for it was a week i believe a week i was at mm-hmm. 
because I had my surgery on a Wednesday, I was discharged Friday morning and then was in the hotel from midday Friday back um, to Friday morning because I went back to see my surgeon on a Thursday and that's when she took out all my packing and took out the catheter of which I was going to rip that damn thing out if she didn't take Oh, those it are brutal, aren't they? Worst thing I ever. was so sick of the catheter and having um, a bag attached to my leg all the time. I would recommend anybody to talk to your surgeon and get one that has like a valve. That's what I had. And so you can just like flip it down and turn it on and pee. Yep. You know, you might be standing up, but uh, who gives a shit? You can, you can pee and you're not having a damn bag of piss tied to your leg everywhere oh, you're walking yeah. and, and the hose gets kinked and um, it just sucks. Yeah, that's, just, that, that was the worst part of my surgery. Mm-hmm. And the week afterwards was the catheter and dealing with it. Right. The, that was the worst of it for me. Pain. If I had pain, it was associated with the catheter. Pulling, getting hung. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> I mean, you had your urethra rerouted, repositioned, and to have that catheter pull on it. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was like an electric shock every time. It was like, <laughs> that, that was not fun. No, exactly. Well, the but, one, you know, what, neither you or I had any strong, had a need for any strong pain medi- medication afterwards. No, the strongest thing that I was on was Tremadol. All I had was ibuprofen. Yeah. That was the only thing I took. 800 milligram ibuprofen, but right. um, that's all I needed. Yeah, and the, the Tremadol that I was on was just, it's just like Tylenol, right? That's, it's just a... I don't know what it is. I never take bit, Tylenol. A little bit stronger, uh, stronger than that, but outside of that, that was all I had for everything and anything. So, you know... Uh, well, that's good. I think it's... I didn't want to take the strong pain medication that I got no. a prescription for. No. But I, mean, I would have yeah. if I had needed it. Yes. But I wasn't going to take it just for the hell of it. If the ibuprofen worked, That's I was good with that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and if you, can, if you can do it that way, that's great too. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I know a lot of the girls that were in the CMC, they all were taking like, you know, the Oxycontin, um, and that because they were in quite a bit of pain. So look at it that we're very fortunate that we didn't have to do that, you know? Oh, yeah. I was, I was you know, having once had a, a physical addiction to Xanax, I didn't want anything like that again. Right. And so I would have handled pain a little, I mean, much more than what I did have before taking it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just because of the fear of, of another physical addiction. That was horrible. Well, that's the thing. And, and you know, that Oxycontin, you just don't know if you're going to become addicted to it or not. Some people do. Some people don't. Some people well, that was like Xanax. It, it doesn't bother them. Mm-hmm. Other people, they can do it once and they're hooked. That was me with Xanax. One pill. Yeah, one that, pill. That's all it needed, eh? And, then and that that's, was... you know, I feared other stuff like that. Just like, fuck this. I'd rather have some pain. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
No, you got to be very, very careful with that kind of stuff, especially with kind of drugs and that, because obviously, um, you know, and it's not like you're, you've ever used drugs before in your life. You know, me, on the other hand, I've used pretty much everything under the sun at least once. I haven't. I know. And that's I, what I'm I getting at. Drugs. I, you know, alcohol was the extent of my drug use. You know, mm. I never smoked cigarettes. I never did recreational drugs. I've never smoked marijuana. I just didn't have an interest in any of that whatsoever. Yeah. Didn't. Hated being drunk. Hated it. Getting tipsy, that was okay, but drunk? Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't think anybody really likes to be drunk. Oh, I knew people in my fraternity that liked being drunk. Oh, yeah, no. I never... Nuts. Yeah, I didn't like the drunk idea because usually drunk just made me want to puke and throw up and go through all of that shit, and that was, mm-hmm. it wasn't something that I wanted to do. Yeah, that, that I generally was, that was the um, result the for me if I got drunk was throwing up at some point. Yeah, yeah. Don't so. want that, and you really don't want to throw up Ever. after surgery? No. Um, not a pleasant thing. I did that twice. That was not a good time. So did I, but not in GRS. I did in GRS that, that afternoon. Was, Oh, did you? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's brutal. Sprite, upchucked Sprite. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. At least it was, that's all it was, was, you know, Sprite. But, yeah, um, yeah and it, would, it happened just like, I mean, within, it wasn't no real yeah, delay. Just within like, a couple of All yeah. of a sudden, I got cold, clammy, and up it came. I, I barely had time to hit the button for the nurse, and I was like, "Just gone, eh?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's At least cool. only twice, you know. Mm. So that was good. That's yeah, which is good. I like like my nose. Oh God, yeah. I'm not I gonna go into that. Shit, can imagine that. Uh uh-uh. No, that was probably the most horrifying thing that I've ever had to go through on that side of it. That was the pretty going bad. Going home, mm. the journey. Back home. You flew. Yes, I did fly. I was in the air for four hours. I I rode in a car. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know how you could survive that. Twelve hours going from Raleigh to Birmingham. I stayed at my friend's house that went with me. And it took 12 hours because I had to pee like every two hours. You know, after getting the catheter out, it was like the bladder, I don't know, hyperactive or whatever. But, yeah, it was like every two hours, you got to stop being, stop being, stop being, stop being, stop being. It makes any traveling by car way longer when you're stopping to pee every two Oh, hours. for sure. <laughs> you know, I was like, good God. Oh, yeah, I was, and then the next day I got up and drove back four hours to my humble abode. And uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, actually. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it was I just wanted to get the fuck home. And I was exhausted. When I got home, I was exhausted. I remember the first couple of days after getting home, was just lying on the couch mm-hmm. and then dilating three times a day that was what it was sleep 
lay around, eat, dilate. That was that was life. Yep, for a month. For several weeks. <laughs> I would say many, well, yeah. many weeks. You know, that is your life afterwards is dilating. Everything revolves around dilating and you think it's never gonna end. No, for sure. No, I know, and it's it's weird that way, isn't it? You know, with the dilating, it would just go on and on and on. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it just, I don't know, it's relentless. It is relentless. It's a chore. It's a, you know, it's like, you know, maintenance. You got to do maintenance on your your new vagina. Oh, yeah, for and sure. You damn well better do it. Because if you don't, the baby will close up pretty quick. Oh, yeah, just like earrings. Uh-huh. So have earrings. Yeah. Dilate, 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 dilate. And, you know, I had I had trouble with mine because of the swelling I had. And I would put my dilators in the freezer and dilate with them ice cold. I never did that. I don't know how I could have. I don't know how well, you, you could have done that. Do that. Well, I know. And it helped. Still, I mean, with the, just... with the swelling. Uh-huh. It actually, it actually helped a lot, because um, I was, I was having, I had a bit of a rough time. Yeah. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was. Yeah, it yeah. was not not fun, but no. I might, you know, it took me a little longer, maybe, but. And then when I went back to work. Uh, there was nowhere to do it at work, not a bathroom to do it in, and I sure as hell wasn't going to dilate out in my car. No. You know, I was supposed to dilate three times a day, and I was getting up at 5 a.m. to dilate, get to work, work all day, dilate when I got home, and then uh, dilate it again before I went to bed, and dilating revs you up not in a sexual way but it's kind of like exercise mm-hmm. for me it was anyway it would just you'd, you'd physically get stimulated you know and then trying to go to sleep <laughs> not being able to go to sleep till midnight and then have to wake up at 5am again to dilate and I got exhausted oh yeah it takes a lot out of just you doesn't exhausted. it exhausted and I stopped three times a day Mm-hmm. And I talked to my surgeon. I was like, I'm sorry, I can't do this. I was like, if it takes me longer to get where I'm supposed to be, then so be it. At least I'll, I won't be exhausted. Mm-hmm. And it was it was okay. It worked out. You know, you have to listen listen to your body. Yeah, your surgeon will give you a schedule to follow. And that was one, one of the things I talked to my surgeon about, like, I've seen so many different schedules of dilation. There doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason as to why one surgeon does one and another surgeon does something else. Mm. And she was just like, well, you know. (laughs) Yeah, you'd think it'd be a standards of care when it comes to that. Well, yeah, because I'm sorry, the basic procedure... Pretty much the same between them. I didn't really see a huge lot of difference in reading about each individual surgeon procedure. The innards of the vagina are the innards of the vagina with us. 
So it's like, why do you require five times a day? They require three times a day. Three times a day. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah, you know, that was interesting. It's like, don't y'all compare notes or anything to sort of you know get this. You know, the same between all of y'all. Mm-hmm. Well, that was just bizarre as hell. No, no, it's and yeah, like, you know, I think yeah, if someone was a mechanical engineer, could figure out a better dilator. There was this like one, and would, you know, set it up with an app on your smartphone or whatever, and be done in such a way that it reads the compression within your body and adjust. You know, it's biofeedback kind of thing and would adjust to your body to give you the best dilation that worked best, you know. Yeah, that would not be nice, eh? Yeah. I'm not of that type, but, yeah, that was, in doing it, it's like, there's got to be a better way to Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Joe, that's it for tonight's show. And uh, we're going to be doing part two coming up here in the next few weeks uh, with follow-ups on some of the dilation and that. Other than that, have yourself a great one, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Trans Talk Raw. This episode has been brought to you by TransgenderLifeCoaching.com. Please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Time for us girls to party. Join us again for our next episode of Trans Talk Raw. Bye.